Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. So we are in a series that we're spending time in this fall, uh, I'm sorry, through the fall into winter and now into spring, where we're talking about some key spaces of our life. And we're growing in what we would call a Jesus-shaped life. So we're, we're in the midst of that right now, getting an opportunity to grow into that. Um, but I want to just take a minute, um, because you guys didn't cheer nearly loud enough, um, to celebrate the cool things that God's allowing us to be a part of around the world. Um, it's one thing to be a local church that's involved in our community, and that is really important for all of us. But God's given us some pretty unique opportunities around the world to be involved in the advancement of the kingdom of God. And this was actually, how many of you know, this is one of Jesus's instructions and commands to us to go into all the nations, right? And, and to make disciples. And we as a local church family have some really cool opportunities to be able to do that. And for us to be a part of planting two churches in the Philippines that are helping by bringing food to kids and all those environments, to get to go down to Mexico to build homes for, for people in need and to be able to advance the gospel through walking with some, some ladies that are in women's and children's shelter that we get to be a part of. Can I just tell you, church, those are really incredible things. And when we think about the impact that we get to have as a local church and the investments that we're making as an eldership and as a leadership team, we try to do our very best to hear the heart of God in places that we can invest that make a difference for the kingdom of God. And your giving and the spaces that you're involved in in life enables us to be able to do that. And so as a church family, I just want you to have some some joy and expectation in your heart when you're thinking about this reality that we get to be a part of God's greater work throughout the world today. And for some of us that are just sitting here in Boise, Idaho, doing our day in and day out things, oftentimes we forget the greater work that God is doing throughout the world. And so as a pastoral team, part of our responsibility is to remind you of the incredible work of God that is going on all over the earth today and the part that we get to play in that. And so what I want to say is thank you for investing into those spaces. Thank you for being those that sign up to go on these trips, to go and encourage pastors and leaders to come alongside the people that we get to down in Mexico. Thank you for being a church that that has a heart and, and desire to see the kingdom of God advance, not only in our neighborhoods and, and in our schools and in our workplaces, which are, are critically important to the day in and day out, but also to the longer scale things that we're seeing God do throughout the earth today. And we get to be a church that's a part of that. How many of you are thankful to be a part of a church that's doing those kinds of things? Come on now. And, and, and for us, I want this to be a place where we all learn how to take some ownership in that, to celebrate, to be involved, to pray. I love what Pastor Greg Laurie was saying when it comes to a harvest in our own city and this this opportunity that we have to be involved in that, to to engage in the space of prayer and, and, and letting our hearts connect with what God is doing in our city and in the world around us. Amen? And we get a really unique opportunity to do that. Today, we're going to spend some time talking a little bit more about, about this series that we're in, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what it is. How many of you guys like that graphic up there? Isn't that sweet? There's an amazing young lady that built this for us. Her name's Chris. She's Crystal. She's sitting right back here. God actually spoke a word over her. I love this graphic because I think it speaks so clearly to 
what God is inviting us into as, as the body of Christ. I love just the simplicity of it, but the openness of come in and just, just be together and open door to our lives. And Pastor Jason did a great job of kind of leading us into that place this morning. But I want to remind you that your life and your home and your family and all that God has given you is a resource and an opportunity for what Pastor Joe talked about last week, the glory of God to be seen through you and through me. And when we talk about this, this place and we're leaning into this kind of three-part series where last month we talked about our up relationship with God and what it means to abide and grow and develop our relationship with Him, what it means to, to intentionally lean into to conversation with Him and, and to walk with Him. And we talked about this abiding component of our life and, and we talked about these kind of three relational spaces that God um, has invited us into and that Jesus modeled for us, and we call it a Jesus-shaped life. And it's simply represented, we use a triangle to represent that here, kind of as we're learning and growing in this space of the church, but our up, in, and our out life. Our up life is that, that, that space that we have with God where we're learning to love Him and, and to, to be in relationship with Him. And the in space is what we're going to spend this series talking about really over the next three to four weeks of, of in, and I'm going I'm to frame it to you this way. The in relationships of our lives are the people that we're doing life with. Uh, for some of you, it might be the person that you're sitting next to. For some of you, it might be other people that you've connected with in your journey of life. But, but God's invited us to, to make our in a little bit more broad and to, to invite people into to the space of our life because he created us for relationship with one another. And here's what I know about life. Sometimes life can, can be a little difficult for us because how many of you have ever experienced some pain or difficulty in relationship? The rest of you are liars. <laughs> if you're breathing air and you've been around people, you've experienced challenge, difficulty, pain in relationships. God knows that. That's part of this journey that we're on in life. But how many of you also know that you've experienced some of the greatest things of your life through relationship as well? And so there's this, this kind of dichotomy that when we talk about relationship and community and life together, and Jesus knew that. And that's why Jesus modeled for us in Luke chapter 6, this up in and out lifestyle of going and spending time with the Father because he knew that if we didn't spend time with God, that the next part of this, our in relationships would never work because <laughs> we need God to be in relationship with each other. Anybody with me? We need the things that we learn from the presence of God, his love, his patience, his kindness, his goodness that is directed towards us in those moments. We need those things in our life so that we can actually be in relationship with each other. Because we stress each other out. We make each other mad. Come on now. We put pressure on each other's lives. And so if we're not having this feeling of God in our life, if we're not building our up relationship with him, we have no hope for the relationships that are around us. And that's why Jesus gave us the great command, right? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It first starts with our relationship with him because we desperately need to learn how to love from him. Why? So that we can love each other. And so as we begin to talk about this in space of our lives, we're going we're gonna to peel it back in kind of some different, different layers for us to get our hearts adjusted with how Jesus actually did this. 
the example that he set for us and the things that we, we find. Uh, we see that Jesus modeled this kingdom lifestyle of consistent growth and strengthening these three spaces of relationship with our lives, not just by teaching it, but he actually modeled it to us. He showed us what that looks like. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to focus on this relationship of building and, and looking at our in relationships with each other, those that we're doing life with and that we're connected with, and really what that looks like. Because God ha- has a very specific plan and gave very specific design on how to do relationship. It wasn't something that God was just like, well, good luck, you guys figure this thing out. Jesus actually showed us, and we see all throughout the Old Testament as well, what God's design was and what was in his heart for this place of relationship and what it looks like to walk in community. And and how many of you guys have ever messed with Legos a little bit? Come on now, Legos are fun. Uh, Around our household, as our kids were growing up, Legos were a big, big deal. We had Legos for birthdays. We had Legos for Christmas. In fact, we spent the majority of Christmas Day building Lego things, right, Trey? That's what we did, right? Yeah. That's what we do around our house. We enjoyed it. It's fun. We had a good time. Um, how many of you know that Legos come with a, a little instruction guide, right? And it shows you this beautiful picture. We can throw it up on the screen here. Lego, in their genius, says, hey, here's what you're going to build, this is the design. Can we put that up? Do we have that? Oh, we can't. Awesome. I'll do it from just right here, people. Right here. Right here. Leo gives you this beautiful picture on the front of this instruction to say, this is the goal. This is what you're trying to build. And the cool thing about Lego is, and then they say, and here's step one of how to do that. And then there's step two and step three. And, so, and the beautiful part is, is all those little building blocks are in those annoying plastic little bags that they give you. And if you'll open them in the right order, you will get to this. The creators of Lego, in their mind, knew where they wanted you to go. They, they gave you a picture of what they have created for you to enjoy building, right? But the challenge with that is, is you need the instructions to get there. Now, you don't have to. We, we have some boys in our house that think they don't need the instructions for building Lego. But how many of you know, to get this exact thing, you're going to need to use the instructions. Now, you can build other things with Legos, right? That's kind of the fun of Legos. But if this is your intent, you're going to need the instructions to get there. Can I just tell you, it's the same thing with the kingdom of... Oh, look at that. How many of you know what that was? Star Wars Legos, Millennium Falcon, come on now. Fun stuff to build, right? So God is the creator, gave us blueprint and plan through his word of how to do relationship together. Now here's what I want to tell you. You don't have to use those instructions. You don't have to build according to his plan. But I promise you, if you choose to do it your way, you you also won't get what he designed in relationship. Again, it's not this ultimatum. It's just a reality for our lives. For those of you that cannot relate to the Lego space, just think Ikea. I knew, now I'm speaking some language in here, right? Ikea has these really cool places you can go into and see these beautiful things built, and you're like, I want that. And then what do you do? You go to the warehouse and it comes in a cardboard box and you're like, wait, 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 that looks very different than what I, yeah, 
Many of us have looked at relationship and life and community and all these things, and we see kind of some stuff written in the Bible, and we hear all these cool sermons preached on it, but we're not actually experiencing that in our lives because we're not building according to the Creator's design. And here's the rad, then we get frustrated. Oh, relationships don't work out the way that they're supposed to. Relationships this, relationship that. Where's the community? Where's this? And, 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 and God the whole time is just saying, well, like, you, you're not building according to how I created that to go. You're building according to what's comfortable for you or your preferences or your likes, but you're not building according to kingdom way. And so what I want to invite you into today is that when we talk about community and relationship, when we talk about biblical model and example of that for your life and for mine, that we would calibrate ourselves and say, listen, if we, if we want what God's word promises to us, then we need to build according to his word in order to get that result. Can, can we agree on that? And so as we look at Scripture today, as we spend time kind of talking about God's kingdom and design around this space of relationship, I just want to invite you to, to maybe rethink some of the way that you think about relationship and put it in the context of kingdom if what you're looking for is genuine connected relationships with the people that are around you and that you're doing life with. Are we all together? Okay. If that's not what you're looking for, today will be a complete waste of time for you, I promise. Okay, so for us, but we, we get to choose that, right? We get to choose how we embrace the word of God and its direction to us. And so this morning, I'm pleading with you, hey, let's, let's see what God's design is around this place of life and family and community together. And we can't get it all in one week, but we're going to get a good start today. And, and then from that place, then we get to make the choice, do I want to build accordingly to that? Do I want to put the little two block where he says put the two block? Do I want to put the little circle thingy connected to that the right way? Or do I want it to go out the other side? Like all of those things are choices we get to make in how we're going to build life and community together. I just want to present to you today that if we'll build God's way, his way is great. And it works. And I want to remind you, it's not easy. Building Legos is not easy. There's process and journey and struggle, all that kind of stuff in it. But the end result is the thing that you're aiming for. And I just want to ask you what you're aiming for today. It's kind of the the question that I want you to think about as we think about this. So let's talk about God's design. I just want to take you into a little bit of scripture this morning. How did God design people to function when it comes to life and community and, and what does that really look like? And, and we don't have to look far in scripture to see God's design. Uh, the first book of the Bible is this book called Genesis. And in Genesis 1, God begins to create all that we see around us, from the earth to the sky to the plants and the animals. And kind of at the end of that journey of creation, he creates man. And as he creates man, he, he creates this being that he wants to interact with and have relationship with, connection to, and conversation around. But as he creates man, he, he notices that there's one problem. Anybody know what it is? He's alone. God creates all this wonder and beauty, and then he creates man, and he looks at man, and he goes, that's a problem. <laughs> I can't leave him alone. Does anybody see the wisdom of God in that? All the women said amen, right? And so God's, God's design from the beginning was he created man to be in fellowship and relationship with him. But then he looked at what he had created in man and said, man needs something in that space. And so he created woman. 
And there's all kinds of confusion and craziness in the world that we live in today. I just want to be clear. In Scripture, it says that God created male and He created female. And He created them to be in relationship and community together. So from the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, we see God building what He desired for community and relationship. And it starts with family. And not only does he build community in that space, he connects man and woman together and they, they begin to, to explore all the things that God has for them. But, but in that space of family, then God brings about what he created family for. He put mission upon them. How many of you remember what God told Adam and Eve to do? You guys remember? Be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth. So he, he commissioned them into their mission through family. So God created family to be on mission. He did this in Genesis, and then we see the outworkings of that kind of taking place. And then, and then we see God doing the same thing as he begins to work with humanity throughout time. As God is doing his work in the earth, he's always using family to get it done. Think about what God did with Noah. It was Noah and his family that built the ark that carried on humanity. God used family on mission. Think about Abraham. God spoke this incredible word to a man that was, was kind of wandering a little bit in life. God spoke into his life, and he called him and his family to set themselves apart and to go to a land that was totally different than anything they had experienced before. And then God said, and from you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. God put through family on mission a work that he wanted to do in the world today. God has always used family to accomplish his purposes in the world. In fact, he actually has used family to save the world. I want you to think about it. Noah, Abraham, and we're going to get into some of the New Testament spaces of that. When you think about that in your life, and you think about God's God's design of creating family and calling family into mission together, doing life together and the fulfillment of what God had for them, um, it's in stark contrast to the world that we live in today. The world that we live in today and the narrative of the world today is this place of individualism. Me might take care of you. Just, just think about you. You just be you. Right? It's, it's this stark difference from what we see imprinted throughout Scripture. It's this place of really direction to us in the culture that we live in today that, that when things get hard or difficult for you, it's okay for you to just do what's best for you. Forget about your spouse. Forget about your children. Forget about your work. All of those spaces aren't, aren't important. You just take care of you. The challenge with that is is in direct opposition to what God teaches us about doing life. And so when we think about the world that we live in and we think about the influence of it on our lives, here's what I want you to understand today. You are more impacted by the world that is around you than you think. There are many mindsets that we have. There are many ways that we approach life that are not in alignment with a kingdom way of thinking about how God works and does his things in the world that we're in. 
There's too many things that from the imprint of this world, whether it's education or whatever space we want to dive into that teach us to be individualistic about how we approach life. And God actually said, no, no, no. From the beginning, I created you to be in relationship in family together. I created you to be a part of something that is bigger than you. I created you to connect relationally with others so that it wasn't just all about you. See, kingdom design is that we would be in family and relationship together. It's the very DNA of the kingdom of God. And it brings us into a greater awareness of not just what God maybe has, has designed for us in family, community, all of that, but it gives us a broader picture of the heart of God for people in general. And, and I love as we read throughout Scripture, there's Scriptures like that God places a solitary in family and, and, and that God, God, God draws us together like um, Jesus spoke as he looked over uh, Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem, how I've longed to draw you to myself, to be close in community, be together. The heart of God is constantly just looking down on humanity and saying, I don't want you to be alone. I don't want you to be alone. And yet the world that we live in consistently is driving us to further and further places of isolation in our life. And so when we think about adopting a kingdom mindset, when we think about a Jesus-shaped life, when we think about the end component of our life, we have to really recalibrate our hearts and the way that we think. We've got to have a little metanoia changing the way that we think about the way that we think so that we can experience the beauty of what God has for us. It's the kingdom way. And the kingdom way is family on mission. It's being connected in community and relationship that has a purpose to what we're doing. Now, here, here's the challenge for a lot of us in the church world. That a lot of times when we think about, when we think about being in community, when we think about family, when we think about our, 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 our blood family, when we think about those types of things, and then we think about the calling of God, the mission of God, oftentimes we find those things like it, it, it's hard, hard to get them to connect together. Oftentimes we, 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 we get into this conflict that's taking place between mission, living a missional life, and being connected in family and community and all those types of things. I want to just, I want to bring that out to us this morning and give some terminology so that we can put some context to that as we move forward in what it looks like to be family on mission. Here, here's oftentimes how, how we approach it. We approach it this way as believers. We approach it as family or mission. In other words, it's one or the other. That our attention is going to either be given to family and, and the growth of family and that space, or our attention is going to be given to the place of missional living with our lives. And those two are at conflict with each other. We feel this tension in our lives. A lot of people make this mistake when they're, when they're trying to figure out how to, how to contribute and be a part of a local church and community. And, and, and the real places that we see the casualties of this oftentimes are pastoral care, where pastors and leaders are, are in full-time vocational ministry and they leave their families behind. Their families have no connection with God. They resent the church because these pastors have, have, have had the, a mentality of family or mission. I see people that are a part of, of, of just ministry life together wrestling with that in our life. Family or, or mission. Here's, here's the challenge of approaching life from a family or mission. It depresses us because we have to sacrifice one thing or the other. 
while both are necessary if we're going to live out the call of God in our life. So here's what I want to challenge you this morning. It's not family or mission. Here's the other spectrum that oftentimes people will wrestle through in their journey of faith or trying to figure out this, this thing of what God's called us to do. It's family and mission. Well, Tim, that seems a little weird. You just changed. Yep, it, it is a little bit weird, but, but let me explain it to you. Family and mission. Oftentimes what we try to do is drag our family through this process of living out the call of God in our life and it just kills people. Like it, it, is, it is exhausting because what we're trying to do is we're trying to create boundaries around our life where we have mission and we have family. And we're creating these boundaries so we can do both, but the reality of it is, is they're both suffering brutally through that process. Here's the reality of family and mission. It exhausts us because we need to manage both the boundaries between family and mission. Thus, our family life never quite feels purposeful, and our mission life never quite feels natural. So there's this weird tension that's going on inside of us when we're trying to do family and mission. So here's what often happens in this journey. As we are working out this We know we're called to community. We know that we're called to family. We know that we're called to relationship. But we feel the tension of the calling and purpose and missional component of this this kingdom and a family that we're a part of. Here's what often happens is family suffers big time in this. And then here's here's the real danger spot is that we, we go into the space where it's family as our mission. And, And let me explain that to you. What that means is because of the the pace maybe at which we are running or the, the, the attempt or desire to try and have boundaries set around our lives that our, our families just get exhausted in that process. They, they, they're wrestling through that. And, and what we recognize is that we don't have a healthy family life. We don't have those spaces. And so then what we do is we turn all of our attention to meeting the need of our family and mission gets completely pushed out the side. Let me explain this to you. Family contains us because we find it impossible to look outside of our current situation to the missional and discipleship opportunities that are around us in life because we're feeling the tension of what's going on in our families. Our families are exhausted. Because we have made family the goal which differs from how God actually designed it. Family is wonderful but it was never designed to be the end game or the idol that we worship at. Now, I know I'm going to step on some toes this morning, but I need you to just keep your heart open to what, what Scripture teaches us about how we journey together in life. So as we look at family, as we look at actually God's design for what He created in the community of the body of Christ— we wrestle with typically one of these three spaces in our journey. And here's, here's the reality. The longer you walk with the Lord, you'll wrestle with all three of them. You'll wrestle. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come up to me and just say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to step out of, of all the things that we're trying to help with in ministry and life, and we're just going to focus on our family for this season. That's family as mission. 
I can't tell you how many people I've sat into conversation with and, 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 and they said, listen, we've we got to set some boundaries around our life and time and ministry. And can I just tell you, like, as you process through those things, those are not bad things to process through, but all they are is symptoms of something that needs adjusted in our heart and in our life, maybe our perspective. And I'm not telling you that there's not seasons where we need to slow down a little bit and maybe give a little bit more attention to family spaces of our life. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, is maybe our perspective needs to shift just a little bit to more what God designed as we saw in in Genesis and what we saw through Noah and what we saw through Abraham's life. And, And here's the space that I believe the kingdom way that God wants us to adjust ourselves to. It's this, it's family on mission. I want you to think about this for a second. Family on mission empowers us because we learn to live an integrated life moving forward in mission as a pack or a community together, as a covenant family with kingdom mission. The things we do are expressions of the kingdom of God through family on mission. So let me, let me paint a little clearer picture for you. This. What it means is instead of, of, of scheduling the church things that we do and those being in conflict with our family, we learn how to bring our family and incorporate the way that we function in life, maybe with our neighbors and our community and our church family, that, that that's all working in concert and in, 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 in integrity together. Not one competing for the other, but it gives us a platform and an opportunity to learn how to live as family on mission. What does that mean? That means that the things that we say are Christian characteristics or traits that we love and long to see in, in, in our lives and in our families, that, that we incorporate that into the way that we do life. So, so the generosity space that we connect our family through generosity, we don't just come and give tithe necessarily just to a church, but, but, but we're walking with our family in spaces of generosity in our community. We're teaching our kids what that looks like to invite people into our home, to provide a meal and conversation and community and space around that. When we talk about what does it mean to live in covenant relationship together, that, that, that our families, our, our, our nuclear families, the, the families that are around us that we're blood related to see the relational connection that we have both with them and with people that are around us in our journey of life, that there's, there's other people that would be connected almost at, at like a, a family connected level. This is what it means to be family on mission, that we're not, we're not looking for a mission out here that we're trying to go out and do, but we recognize that our families in the neighborhoods that we're in, in the workspaces that we're in, in the community that we're building around us, that's actually living life on mission right then and there. That we're not looking for some missions trip or missions team or whatever to be a part of, to go do an event to say that our lives are on mission. But as we look around our lives, whether we're helping coach little league teams or we're spending time in dance environments or we're walking with our kids through the seasons of life, that that there's always room for community and covenant inside of that place where people get to see the kingdom of God, the mission of God being lived out through our lives. That we don't come to a building thinking that we're going to find mission there, but that we look around us and through our lives to see mission being poured out in every aspect. See, there's a great big difference of trying to create boundaries around our life because we haven't got the right perspective around this space of kingdom and this space of family on mission. Because see, what God's invited us into is learning how to do life together and inviting people into the, the missional space of our life as we walk together in the world that we're in. 
And we like to keep those things all nice and clean. And, and this space has its space over here. And this thing has its space over here. And what God is really asking us to do is integrate our lives. In other words, the reason you live and breathe The reason that God gives you life in your lungs is to live out the kingdom of God in the world that we live in today so that others can see the goodness of God through you. Can I just tell you that happens in family. It happens in community. It happens in relationship. Now, when we think about this, we we, kind of shift into the Jesus way of doing that. And in the New Testament, it actually looks a little bit different. Under the New Covenant, as Jesus expressed it, Jesus showed us really what it looked like that we're, we're, we're building, remember, a Jesus-shaped life. How did Jesus do life and community and family and relationship together? Many of us are like, well, wait a minute. Jesus wasn't married. He didn't have family. Like, well, Jesus still showed us a very clear model of what it means to do family together, to be a family on mission. He modeled in this way. It, can I be honest with you that for most of us would offend us? How Jesus demonstrated family on mission would cut against so many of the things or the paradigms that many of us have built up as um, the way of doing things. Jesus, Jesus had a different way, and he expressed that. He did family on mission with, with people that weren't necessarily his blood relatives. Let, let me paint it to you this way. When Jesus, as Jesus began his ministry life and he, he went through the whole process of the testing for the 40 days in the desert and he was getting ready to launch into ministry, one of the, one of the, the first crazy ministry things that Jesus did was he turned water into wine. How many of you want to learn that trick? Yeah, Jesus did that. And you know what the incredible thing about that was? Jesus was doing life on, some of you are like, yeah, I really want to learn how to do that. The incredible thing about that was Jesus' first ministry experience actually happened with who in the room? Do you guys remember? His mom. His mom was in the room with him. And Jesus was like, listen, mom, it's not time. Jesus is having this conversation with mom. Mom, it's not time. Like, I understand that they're in a little bit of a pickle here because they didn't plan well and they didn't have enough wine for this wedding. And Jesus is like, but mom, listen, it's just just not, not time. And his mom's like, yeah, 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 whatever. When my son tells you to do something, just do it and it'll all work out. She, she had this understanding of, of his gifting, his calling, right? So Jesus' very first miracle is done with family. It's done with his mom. In fact, he probably did it just so his mom would get off his back a little bit. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> so this was the platform by which Jesus kind of began. But then we, we see something really interesting take place. As Jesus is beginning and preparing to go launch out into his ministry as a rabbi, as a leader, as one that was going to, to, to really bring this good news of the kingdom to the world that he was around. Here's the funny thing. Jesus, the first place Jesus went was to his hometown. He was looking to build family on mission. And he went to his hometown, and I know that he probably had expectation like, hey, these were some of the dudes that I hung out with when I was growing up. Certainly, they'll be a part of this. My family's here. I'm related to half the people in this town, right? Like, there's just, so Jesus goes, and he's, he's spending time in his hometown, and he goes to church with them on Sunday morning, and it was actually Saturday. Relax. 
He goes to church with everybody, and they had a tradition of reading, right? They would read scripture, Old Testament scripture, and they would read it, and they would have these moments of kind of discussion. And Jesus begins to read, and he basically tells them, listen, now the book of Isaiah, I am he, I'm the Messiah. That went over really well in his hometown. He was looking to build a family on mission. And he was going to the people that in his mind should have been the most likely candidates, right? Like, this is my family. These are the people that I grew up with. But the problem was they knew him as a carpenter's son. They were just way too familiar with Jesus. Jesus is the guy that helped them with the construction projects around town. That's who Jesus was to them. And so when he was looking to build family on mission, he figured out very quickly that wasn't going to work. In fact, here's what happened while Jesus was looking to build family on mission. They wanted to kill him. If you read the story, Jesus' exit from his hometown was not like, yeah, Jesus, go get her done. No, they wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him. They were going to push him off a cliff like that. Nice family, right? Some of you are like, hey, I I got that family. (laughs) This is what Jesus was rest. So when he began his ministry life, he was looking to build family on mission with family, with people that he had relationship and connection with. That didn't go so well for him. As he was leaving that place, two weird dudes started following him. They heard his teaching. They recognized him. They had seen him be baptized by John the Baptist in the presence of God come down on him and saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm trying to make this as fast as I possibly can. But two weird dudes started following Jesus and, and they started coming after him and listening to his teachings. And that was the beginnings of what Jesus's family on mission looked like. And then he went and did some crazy stuff. He invited some dudes that were out fishing to come and follow him. He found other people that were in really strange places of life and he began to build family on mission with people who were different than his family family. And Jesus comes to this incredible moment and this is, this is one of those spaces in Scripture that's just controversial to mo- most of us. Jesus is sitting and hanging out with some friends at, at, at one of their houses And so many people were coming and gathering around him that him and the disciples that were with him couldn't even have a meal. Like they were just pressing on him so much in that moment. And word gets back to his family, family, like mama and the brothers. And they said, this is crazy. This Jesus is out of control. This this has got to stop. He's not taking care of himself. He can't even have a meal. Like there's all this stuff going on. Mark chapter three, you guys can go read it. This word gets to his, and so his mom and his family, his brothers, come to where Jesus is at in this house, and they they can't even get in. There's so many people around. So they send word into Jesus via messenger that said, hey, your mother and your brothers are here. Your family is here, and they want to have a conversation with you. And Jesus says a big no-no in this moment. He looks around at the people that are in there that he's teaching and walking with and doing life together with. And he said, this is my family. Those who do the will of my father are who I call family. And right there in that moment, in one fell swoop, Jesus redefined completely what family is, how it works, and what it's for. 
That is not to say, and I want to be really clear this morning, that Jesus did not care about his blood relatives. In fact, we see in Scripture that, that Jesus, when he was getting ready to die on the cross, he passed on the care of his mother to someone that he trusted deeply. He thought about her and cared about her. In fact, his brother James actually joins the crew that becomes family on mission where they're out doing the work of the kingdom of God, where they're healing the sick and raising the dead and proclaiming the kingdom of God. And Jesus is passing that on. And his brother actually comes and is a part of that crew that, that, is, that is working together to advance the kingdom of God. But Jesus very clearly defines for us that, that no, no longer is family just defined about blood relationship and connection. Jesus takes it above and beyond that and says, okay, now family on mission looks like this. And many of you have experienced that because maybe your choice or decision to come and be a follower of Jesus Christ has maybe alienated you from your, your blood relatives. Some of you are here this morning, you wrestle with family on mission because you've been a part of the church for a long, long time and you're kind of in that journey in space, but you're trying to figure out how do we balance these things? And and what Jesus really is teaching us and inviting us into is that it's not a balance of them. It's an invitation to live your life as a family on mission. So in other words, whatever you're doing, listen to me, invite other people into it. If you want them to experience Jesus in the kingdom of God, they're going to do that way better in your home as you're having a barbecue or as you're out running errands in the community or when you're, when you're doing the outreach things that you do together as a family, when you're meeting the needs of a neighbor or, or going over to somebody's house and your church community here who's moving and we're helping them move into their house. Like all of those things, listen to me, that's family on mission. That doesn't mean that we're, we're blood-related, but what it does mean is that we've learned how to do life integrated with the mission that Jesus has called us into. They're not exclusive from each other. We're not trying to protect our family from the mission of God in our life. If that's what we're trying to do, we are in some serious trouble, people. And that's what Jesus was trying to communicate here in his life. Listen, if you want to do life, Kingdom life, the way that it's designed, Jesus said, hey, you're going you're to do family on mission. And some of that family is going to be different than your relative's family. And Jesus is saying, that's an okay thing. Because what he's inviting us into is to learn how to do relationship together in community in a healthy way. And I told you this earlier this morning, I'm just going to finish with this right now. This idea can be very offensive to many of us because many of us have put so much stock and value in blood relation family. And here's what, here's what I want to help you with this morning. There, there's probably, well, there might be a few of you that are here today that, that maybe care more about your family than I care about mine. We have six kids three bio kids and three adopted kiddos. And we've, we've, we've really tried to build healthy community around our family life. We've tried to model an example. What does it look like to, do, to, to live life on mission? And can I tell you, that's imperfect in every way. But there is a reality about our journey in that space that oftentimes it's so easy for us to just put all of our attention. And I, I heard a speaker one time just say this, that we idolize our families in the name of God. When in reality, Jesus invites us, yes, celebrate family. Yes, we want to invest into our children and we want to invest into our marriages and all of those things. But what Jesus calls us to do is to live, live from that place and out of that place, the mission that he's given to the church to reveal his kingdom to the world that we live in 
and that is around us. And those things are not mutually exclusive of each other. They're invitation together to be woven together and integrated. And so as we talk about family on mission, and I just want to be really clear. I know that I've kind of stirred the horn since to hear a little bit this morning of talking family on mission. We're going to unpack this more as we continue to, to just grow together as a church community. But, but what I want to invite you to this morning is to maybe recalibrate some things in your life when it comes to thinking about what does it mean to be family on mission? What does it mean to live our lives in community and covenant together in such a way that through the relationships that are around our lives, and they, some of them may be like blood family relationships, but, but what, is it, what does it look like to live our lives in such a way that when people look at our lives, they see integrity, they see wholeness. They see this reality of our lives that the mission that we're living our life on is represented in how we do life together in family. This is what Jesus was describing when he said, hey, listen, if you want to understand family, family is those who do the will of the Father. They're invited into that place with him. And again, Jesus wasn't saying, I hate my mom, I hate my brother. That's not at all what he was saying. He was saying there's something bigger for us to see in this place of being family on mission. And so we're going we're to continue to dig into this space of our lives and let the Holy Spirit do some work in examining in us. And I can just tell you as I've self-examined and walked through some of just kind of these thoughts that there's, there's some things that God's pointing out in my life and my family uh, when, I, when I talk about that, my blood family, that's going to help us live our life better on mission. And when I think about us as a church community and family together, when I think about you and how you inter- interact with the people around us and how much space you give people to come and, and be in your life, those are the things that we're talking about when, it's, when, we, when we talk about what, is it, what does it mean to do community and life together? What does it mean to be the family of God? What does it mean to be living our life on mission with the things that God has called us to. And there's some work that we, we have in this space, but here's what we really need. We just need the Holy Spirit to come in and open our hearts and lives up a little bit to, to maybe explore what these next steps would look like for us. So here's, here's what I want to do for us today. I'm going to, uh, every week we always finish our time together, gathering together in some small groups and just talking a little bit about maybe what we heard. Today could be a little bit of a hot topic, so this is going to be a fun, fun time together. I want to encourage you, maybe if you've never, you're new to River Valley, you've never done this before, we, we take just a few minutes to have some conversation. I know that can be maybe a little bit intimidating at times because you're like, I don't know any of these people. Um, can I tell you the fastest way to get to know them is to introduce yourself to them and maybe have a little conversation. That's just what we try to facilitate. And we take some of these moments to process together some of the things that God's trying to teach us through his word. And so here, here's, here's what I want to challenge you as we get into our, our times this morning, as we think about family, as we think about family and mission, as we think about what that looks like. Oftentimes, the spaces of Scripture that challenge us at our core beliefs are the places that God's trying to get to the most. He's trying to dig in a little bit into our lives and to, to set some, some new framework on how we approach maybe some of the things that we do. There are also the areas of life for most of us as Christians that we're really good at ignoring. I, I don't think God was serious about what he was saying in that passage of Scripture. I, I'm, I'm going to put my attention in loving somewhere else, right? Like, we, come on, loosen up. We, we all have that tendency. We all have that tendency of going, whoo, this one, that one. That one stung a little bit, or that, that pressed the button inside of me. I think I would just like to not have a conversation about that space. Can I just tell you, those are the spaces that we find the greatest grace of God in our life. 
and the spaces that we probably need the greatest dimensions of growth in. Why? Because he's bringing us into a greater understanding of his kingdom. This is what Jesus confronted in every conversation that he had with people. The way that people thought about things and the way the kingdom of God was actually established and built. And so as we think about that today, I'm inviting you to, to jump into some conversation. And here's, here's the questions that we're going to ask ourselves today. Can we throw those up? In the, oh, there we go. So in my life and fam, is my life and family aligned to family on mission like Jesus modeled and invited us to? So I just want you to think about that. Is my life and my family, are we aligned in this space of what it means to live life as family on mission? And then then here's, here's the question that's probably going to challenge most of us, and you probably don't want to discuss in your group, I would say, write it down. I'm just kidding. Uh, write it down. Take it home and maybe think about this this week. Where would I land? Family and mission, family or mission, family as mission, or family on mission? Give yourself an opportunity to really answer that question in our life. Do I fall? Do I lean into one of these other areas of how I view family and mission in the kingdom of God? Am I putting way too much emphasis on one of them and let the Holy Spirit come and calibrate us this morning? Can we, can we do that together? Let me pray over you, and then we'll jump into some groups together. Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we approach your word, God, it's your word is reading us. We're not reading it. God, as we look at your word, Lord, it's giving us a mirror to look in, God, that we would be able to see more clearly and understand rightly where we're at in in connection, God, with this kingdom that you have established in our building. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage this morning, God, to have great discussion around these spaces, Lord. And, and Lord, even if we're, we're just presented with some new thoughts and ideas this morning that we're not even sure about, God, Lord, that it gives us some time, God, to process some of the work that you're doing in our hearts and lives. Lord, I thank you that your word, God, leads us into truth. And Jesus, you said that you are the way, the truth, and the life. So Lord, as we discuss and walk through the model that you set for us, Lord, let our lives, Lord, be beacons of light and hope to the people that are around us, God, because we represent you and your kingdom well, God, in the way that we live our lives. Lord, I pray your blessing on each one, each family, each individual, God, Lord, that we would know your nearness to us, God, as we process some of the things that you're speaking to us in our lives. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.